0: Syracuse with a chance to be 4 O after today. All very exciting. Please, I hope you're going to be there inside the JMA Dome tonight, 7 p.m., Friday night lights. The whole country is watching Syracuse, trying to get a win over Virginia. We'll talk about it on Locked on Syracuse. It's right now.
1: Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange
0: Matt Bonaparte and Valentine with you on Friday. It's game day. Rarely do we get to do a pod on game day, so this is a little bit extra exciting for us. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, and we're talking about Syracuse's upcoming matchup against Virginia tonight inside the JMA Dome at 7 p.m. Please, if you're in the Syracuse area, pack the Dome Uh, The whole country has a chance to see what Orange Nation has to offer. We're hoping that first digit is a four when they talk about attendance and we're not talking 4,000. So let's talk about this game. We kind of did a little bit of of recon yesterday with our interview. We prefaced what Virginia is as a team uh, the day before that. Now we're going to kind of put those two things together uh, with the things we'd like to see in this game from Syracuse. First one I'll start is I want to see Damian Alford catch more than one pass. He's only caught one pass the entire season, and that was the dot that Garrett Schrader threw to him in the UConn game that really looked what the closest thing to an NFL pass I think Schrader has ever thrown in a Syracuse uniform. So A dime. Yeah, I mean, that was a really, really good pass. And against Purdue, Alford had a really great catch. His whole foot just wasn't in down, so it didn't count. Um, I truly do believe that Alford is the most talented receiver on the team. I really think, uh, combined with his body and his ability to just moss receivers or corners, excuse me, he's fantastic. And, and he can really be that number one. Uh, and go up and get those balls and be that clutch guy and maybe even uh, move aside into that spot that Isaiah Jones maybe has left now that uh, he's out for the season. So um, I want to see Alford go out there and be a problem against the Virginia secondary and give Schrader targets all game so he doesn't have to run it every single play. I like when Schrader runs the ball because oftentimes it's a large chunk gain or it's a first down, but I like 47-yard touchdowns more, which is what Alford's given us in one catch this season.
1: Yeah, I think I see Alford slotting into that Isaiah Jones role a lot more than I see you know him slotting in as a wide receiver one when all is said and done. I'm not as high on him as you are, but I don't want to say that as a knock on him by any means. Uh, I think this is sort of that game where you can sort of see you know, is Damian Alford going to be able to, to make that switch into what is in theory, a more involved role with more targets, more receptions. And, you know, it's going to be hard to keep the, the yards per catch where it is right now, but be able to be a big play type guy and get out there. And as you were saying, Moss, a cornerback and just make a big reception, have those big plays. I think that's something that I would love to see him do. I don't see him, once again, I, I, I'm i not sold on him being a wide receiver one by any means. But this week, uh, filling in, I guess, into that Isaiah Jones type role where you're, you're not the primary receiver heading out for this entire game, but you're going to get a couple of opportunities. And if you can maximize those opportunities, that's something that I'd be eager to watch and, and see progress through the rest of the season. So I think that's a perfect sort of what you want to see and you know, get involved for Damian Alford, catch the ball a couple of times. If it's a big play, I think that buys into your ability and all of that sort of argument that you have for for his sort of true potential. Uh, but if they're not big plays and he is just a presence getting a couple of catches now, I think that's a really good stepping stone for for what his role could be the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, uh, I respect that. Uh, And when you have the rest of the receiver core being as good as it is, um, with Aranda Gadsden, of course, kind of stepping up last week, having the Arande game where he pretty much saved the day with that last second touchdown and the touchdown earlier in that game. He is obviously going to be in in the mix there. He's obviously the tight end slash slot guy. Uh, But then there's also Devon Cooper and Courtney Jackson. So he's got competition. I just think Damian is too talented not to use.
1: That's fair. I agree with you there. Uh, and I, I'm excited for, as I was saying, I am excited for this week to see with this sort of shake-up in the wide receiver room how his role, how his targets, how his numbers sort of shift up this week uh, because I, I do think he, he definitely has the capabilities to be utilized way more than we're seeing him utilized right now. What do you got? Um, We ready to move on. I want to share. What do you got? Awesome. Uh, I want to see the Sean Tucker, I'm going to say breakout game, but explosion game, I guess not breakout game, the re-explosion game. His week one, I loved everything that he did, that obviously screen pass where he breaks free and it was just a full, this is what we thought we're getting this year. Uh, you've got last or two weeks ago against UConn, the, I'm kind of pleased with my performance of 112 yards on what he have 27 attempts? So a little more than three yards a carry there. Uh, and then last week was, was not what we're traditionally used to seeing out of him. And he's going for about two and change per carry, 18 attempts for 42 yards. I understand he is the focal point of defenses. That is what your, your goal is to stop him because of how he has gotten his fill for so long uh, and so frequently in his time as the RB1 with Syracuse, I want to see that explosion one more time. I want 140 at least in terms of total yards, a score. I've even bumped that to two scores to really consider it an explosion game. Uh, But I want to see him come out and do what we know he can do again, uh, just because I've sort of seen – These last two weeks, and it's a good sign that Syracuse has been successful, even though he has not necessarily been as successful. I would love to see Sean have a week this week where even though you're still the focal point of the defense and you are still the priority one is to shut down Sean Tucker, I would love to see him get his fill, uh, sort of get back in that rhythm and have a game like in week one and like all of last season that we just got so used to uh, seeing him play at that level.
0: Yeah, we really haven't seen him do it uh, since Game 1 this year because Game 2, he was fine. Um, I mean, honestly, the stats are better than I remember the game. He rushed for 112 yards on 27 carries, which is over 4 yards per carry, which is fantastic. But maybe not what?
1: I think I said 3, so I'm glad it's 4. That's a better number.
0: Oh, Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's big. Um, And then in game one, of course, he had two touchdowns, one on the ground, one through the air, 14 yards per catch, almost five yards per carry. So that's more of the Sean Tucker uh, that we're all used to. So I'm right there with you on that as well. I want to see Sean come out, and so does the rest of Orange Nation, uh, because when you buy your ticket, that's kind of what you're paying for, (laughs) is to watch Sean Tucker just absolutely tarnish defenses. So uh, you, me, and the rest of uh, Syracuse fandom, looking for Sean Tucker to explode against another defense in Virginia this week. All right, we're going to get to some questions we have heading into this game right after this ad from Underdog Fantasy. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football this year you can make a pick them for this weekend take something like drake may uh from unc higher than 245 or 254 and a half passing yards against notre dame you could take drew pine the opposing quarterback lower than 217 in the half uh or how about louisville quarterback somebody syracuse has seen over 95 yards uh and a half or over 95 and a half rushing yards uh anything like that works it's easy to play, available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. One of the easiest fantasy to play games out there. And you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with the promo code LOCKED ON. And that's one word locked on. An underdog will double your first deposit to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the App Store, or Google Play Store. Uh, that's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. Again, one word locked on. Get in on the college football pick em action today. Okay, Owen. Uh, we continue here on Lockdown Syracuse, Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine breaking down Syracuse, Virginia game night tonight. Very exciting. Uh, we got a couple questions, one from me, one from Owen going into this game. And uh, if you have questions, email us uh lo Syracuse44 at gmail.com. We did get one email, which we'll cover on Tuesday. Uh, But, hey, email us if you've got questions heading into games you want answered. We're happy to answer it on the pod or just email you back. So we'd love to see you. Uh, And if you're not following us on Twitter, at LO underscore Syracuse for that. But, hey, let's talk questions going into this game. Mine is which Garrett Schrader are we going to get against Virginia? He has been fantastic this season. That's undeniable. Uh, But in games one and two, it's also undeniable that he was far better than he was in this most recent game against purdue it was it seemed like in the last game we got twenty twenty one schrader uh, yeah. and that's how I felt about him, and I think about our, our uh, uh, whoa <laughs> I think that's how <laughs> ev- everybody else felt about him too um schrader in the last game one hundred and eighty one yards, three touchdowns eighty three rush yards, almost five yards a carry, so he wasn't bad. But he wasn't what he was in the first two games. And let's face it, he was never going to be that all season long. Uh, But I think I and probably everybody else hoped that he would find a happy medium to what he gave us against Purdue compared to what he gave us in the first two games. Uh, He also did say in the post-game press conference that he was dealing with personal issues. So that's always going to make a difference. But um, he also said he wasn't ready to play, and it was on him. So hopefully he comes out on Friday tonight Uh, and is ready to play. But I think if Syracuse, obviously a quarterback is the most important part of any team, but if Syracuse can get at least half of what they got out of Schrader, maybe 75% out of what they got from him in the first two games, I think they're going to win a lot of football games this year. Uh, And if he comes out tonight and is fantastic once again and is running that offense really well and leading guys on passes instead of throwing them short – their offense is going to be running really, really well. So I'm looking for Schrader to have a good game, but at the same time, I'm curious as to who we're going to see because I think there's also a, uh, you know, a level of what if he isn't that good tonight. If he's twenty-one, twenty, or excuse me. If he's twenty, twenty-one Schrader again tonight, is that what we're going to get for the rest of the year? Because at that point, it's two games are great, two games are not so great. So I guess we'll see.
1: Yeah, I I know last week uh, on our Friday episode when we discussed this, I said I was 80% sold on Schrader, and then I think Monday or Tuesday we returned, and I said I'm 60% sold on Schrader after that switch. I I think 60, 65 is that number for me right now. I'm still, you know, I think above 50% is very much a positive right now, especially compared to what I was thinking end of last season, even through week one, uh, heading into this year. Uh, so he is still, I guess, yes, he's trending downward because of last week's performance, but still trending up compared to what I was thinking in preseason camp and, and all up until you know those first snaps uh, week one in the Dome against Louisville. So I, I'm still on the up and up with him and, and sold right now for the most part. Um, but this is a really, really telling week. And as you say, what Schrader is going to show up in this game? Twenty twenty one Schrader was you know, just miserable, like to watch. It was not fun. It was not entertaining. It was just, it was tedious. It was a, and yes, that it has it a lot to do with a, a struggling line, struggling line, struggling play calling. Right? We talk about uh, the lack of tight end usage, the lack of men in motion. It seems like every week now we get a Mike Glennon video on Twitter talking about how awesome. Syracuse's results have been by putting men in motion so this is going to be better by all means for Schrader but we saw last week it was it was not the same guy throwing the ball it looked like and it it seemed like you know he just wasn't right there missing throws not timing perfectly just not making the decisions that it seemed like in weeks one and two he was able to make much easier and uh, much more effectively Uh, so to see the decision making take that dip last week brought some questions as well. I think this is gonna be a different Schrader back to you know more similar to weeks one and two. Okay, that's your eye on him. Week one and two Schrader every week to be that exact level. I don't think so. Um but if he can come out and and ball out for a while in this game and play to the level or close to the level that we saw him early on. Uh, outside of last week, I I think this is very much a a continued rise in terms of my confidence meter in Garrett Schrader.
0: All right, I like that. What's your question?
1: My question is, how does Garrett Williams show up against another top receiver this week? Uh, last week, a really really tall task in Purdue's Charlie Jones, who who got his fill. Matched up against Garrett Williams by all means. 188 yards and a touchdown. Uh, especially it seemed late in that fourth quarter, uh, in the second half. It seemed like Charlie Jones was having his way uh on Garrett Williams. That is not to say that you know Williams played a god-awful game by any means. He got his He did get toasted a couple times though. But he did. He got burnt a couple of times in single coverage and and that is sort of what you're you're looking at. I mean, you know, I'll give him the nod. He had two pass breakups, so he's he made a couple of plays in this game. It was just a couple of moments, uh, and it, you don't want it to happen, but it can happen when you're playing the level of receiver talent that you saw in Charlie Jones last week. So I want to see, you know, you're playing another top-tier receiver this week in Keaton Thompson with Virginia. How do you show out this time around uh, in one-on-one coverage, in just, you know, this entire game as a whole? I would love to see him rise up to the occasion and say, you know what? That last week getting burnt once or twice, that's not what we're going to do. That's not what is me. That is not the Garrett Williams way uh, and play some lockdown on Keaton Thompson. It is interesting. You know, Babers was talking about Thompson in the press conference this week and talking about how just difficult he is to guard. And I think it was – he said we don't have anyone that can jump with him. Uh, So those – especially in in red zone territory and – you know, a 50-50 ball up in the air—that is where uh, I think Thompson has the edge. But I think in coverage early on, I think Williams has that sort of earlier edge uh, where he can lock down for a little bit, uh, bit, a little bit longer at least. So this is this is sort of my big question. I would love to see him bounce back and play a really, really solid game and lock up one of, you know, as we talked about, three pretty solid Virginia receiving threats. Uh, if he can do his job on one side, I'm on confident in Deuce on the other side, uh, and I think that it is going to continue to be a very, very difficult situation for Brennan Armstrong to to make that jump uh, from a struggling first couple of weeks to having a really strong performance against Syracuse is going to be all but impossible if if Williams and Deuce are doing their jobs on uh, on the or the wide receiver one and two.
0: Yeah, and uh, keton has got four inches on Garrett. Keton yeah. is 6'4", 215. Garrett Williams, six foot one ninety. So he's just a bigger human being. Uh, and, and I mean, I think a lot of their game plan is going to be going to Keeton. I mean, they saw what Charlie Jones did to Garrett last week. And don't get me wrong, I think Garrett played bit better than a lot of people gave him credit just because yes. Syracuse is a team that is always going to leave you on an island. Like, if you want to go and play in college football and be on an island and there's no help go to Syracuse University that's what you're going to get you're going to be a lone corner. it's just that's what happens for DBU it's just how it works uh, but you know with that comes getting burned sometimes yes. and, and that's exactly what Charlie Jones did he went out there and he showed that he's an NFL player uh, and Keaton Thompson has a great NFL body and, and if he goes out there and Brendan Armstrong throws jump balls it's going to be tough to guard him uh, I think Garrett's Really, really talented. I think he deserves to be the number one on the team and everything. But um, I also think that Keton could make a statement in this game. So we'll see. Uh, I still have faith in, in Garrett, and I think that he's yeah. going to play really well. But you got to be weary of what Keton
1: can do. Hundred percent. Okay. I think that's what we'll be looking for, and that's you know why it's it's highlighted as my question right now. How can you bounce back after a week that even though you weren't terrible, you were not at your best because you got burnt a couple of times.
0: Yeah. All righty. Let's get to some keys and predictions for this game. I'll start my key for this game. And we kind of heard a little bit from this, uh, about this from Greg Medea yesterday, uh, who told us that there are, you know, I think I asked, you know, what has been Armstrong's trouble or whatever. I don't know, something like that. And he said he just can't – he has no protection. The O-line's killing him. Uh, And I think that you got to keep him uncomfortable. My key is to get him to be uncomfortable all game long. They couldn't put up a touchdown against the fighting Illini, the fighting Tommy DeVitos. Uh, If they couldn't put a touchdown against Illinois, they shouldn't be able to score a touchdown against Syracuse. Syracuse's defensive line has an opportunity in this game to make a statement uh, and and really put up a solid performance. I think if they're going to win this game – uh, it's going to be because guys like Chetius Gear, Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett, Terry Lockett, <laughs> not the not the Seahawks wide receiver, uh, Terry Lockett, and Caleb Okachukwu are in the backfield plenty, uh, and and really making Brennan Armstrong uncomfortable inside the dome. So keep Brennan Armstrong uncomfortable is my key to victory in this one for Syracuse.
1: Yeah, I think that's incredibly important. If if you can continue to put pressure on him, uh, it's going to make his day very difficult. Uh, and that is something that uh, Greg Madia said the other day or Medea uh, said the other day is, is that with I believe it was five new alignment this year, he can be under pressure consistently. He has been under pressure consistently. So if Syracuse can bring the pressure, he is going to have a very difficult day. I'm flipping the script here. It is, you know, I said the opposite uh, kind of. And I, I, my key to this game is to protect Garrett Schrader, give him time. Uh, let him make quality decisions, keep him uh, safe from pressure. Uh, we were talking earlier about I think it might have been a PFF stat that was talking about how you know Schrader, when not under pressure, has been absolutely incredible in terms of you know completion percentage yeah. and and efficiency and all of that stuff. And it sort of goes out the table when he is under pressure. If you can keep him safe to go through the progressions, to make the the best decisions possible. Uh, he is going to, I think, be able to pick apart a a defense in Virginia that has played decent so far, but also hasn't really been tested all too much. Uh, and I think if you can give Schrader some time, he will be able to, to pick apart uh, and get his fill in this game for sure.
0: Yeah, I like that one from you. Uh, what's your prediction?
1: I, I, I'm back and forth on this one. I've changed up a number of times and I, I feel like I lead with that every week, but I really do. It's, it's, it's a work in progress to get to my, my final number. And I don't want to stick. I'm at whole numbers right now. And after last week it, where I witnessed non whole numbers, uh, it's, <laughs> it's shaken me up a little bit, but I'm going to stick to the whole numbers. I think I have Syracuse thirty one seventeen in this. Uh, I think they they win this comfortably. Uh, I would assume, I'll go detail. I'm saying it's 31-10 and Virginia gets a late score to bump to 31-17. Uh, so I don't think it's it's a two-score game. I think it's a three-score game in that fourth. Maybe Virginia snags one towards the end. I don't see them blowing them out completely, even though there is definitely a chance that Syracuse can do that in this game. Uh, but I do think that when you're playing a guy like Brendan Armstrong with the wide receiver options that they have uh, my key last week was to avoid breakout plays it could have been the same week or for this week just because of the way this offense is when you've got guys that are struggling but still have that skill and that flash ability I guess uh, they are definitely able to to do that and I think I'm going with 17 because they can break out for for that big play. So 31-17 for you betting. I believe that's a Syracuse cover and the under uh, by four or five points in terms of the total there. So take that for what it's worth.
0: I am going to bank on the Syracuse defense and follow my key a little bit, and I'm going to predict Syracuse. I don't know if this counts as Blows them out, uh, but it's a rather large margin of victory. Um, I'm going to go, hold on, i got to make sure the math works. I'm going to go 31-7 in this game. I think Syracuse pulls off a pretty large win, uh, one that beckons back a little bit to the Florida State win in, I think it was week four of 2018. So uh, that's what I'm oh, going yeah. with. Florida State was 37, so but that like doesn't make any sense. So I'm going to go
1: 31-7. Yes, I like that. I think I have a picture of me in that game. Hold on. See I remember I get to it that instantly. was
0: one of the first games I got to watch as a freshman in the Dome. And I'll just never, because everybody thought Florida State was going to come to the Dome and beat Syracuse because, you know, they're Florida State and they were still kind of riding the coattails. Look at you and Will Scott. Love that. Um, mm-hmm. and then Deandre
1: watch the just got killed. I uh, made the paper, so. it was probably 3,000 degrees in the dome that day. I remember yeah, that. Was I can hot. still, that was I'm hot. actually still sweating from that afternoon. Uh, <laughs> it was disgusting. But I walked in and I purchased four bottles of water and I brought That's it the down kind to of day my Yeah, it, it was that hot. Um, doesn't look like it's going to be that hot tomorrow night, but maybe with a packed dome. You put the air conditioning to the test and uh, it could get a little hot in there. Uh, Who knows? I I, I am confident in this Syracuse team for this game. I am confident in the Syracuse faithful to show out. It's a six o'clock Friday night game, right? This is seven?
0: I've been saying seven the whole time.
1: No, I'm 90% sure they bumped it to six. Oh, I must have missed that. I blotched. Okay. Either way, what's an hour difference? Get there an hour early, (laughs) tailgate for a little bit, meet some new people, uh, and walk in and have some fun. Cheer on the orange, get loud. As we learned yesterday, Virginia is preparing for noise. I don't think they're going to be prepared for the noise. They have no idea what's coming. No.
0: All right. Well, that does it for today's episode of Locked On Syracuse. Thank you for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. Go get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. That is Locked On ACC. I'm Matt Bonaparte. That's Owen Valentine. We will see you on Monday to recap what is hopefully a Syracuse victory.